Today's episode of Daily DVR is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Head over to CuffLinks.com right now. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. Now listen, the Delta's out there. COVID's still around. We know that. But people are going outside. You can be safe. And if you're going to be outside and you're going to be safe, you know what you're going to be doing? Looking good because you went to CuffLinks.com. Whether you're getting married, going to a wedding, you want some nice fall accessories, okay? And when I say accessories, I don't just mean, oh, that's a nice little thing there. How about some Star Wars? How about some Marvel, some DC, some Game of Thrones? Cufflink has all the greatest high-end accessories that you could want if you want to look good. And they have the fun stuff, too. All the stuff that I mentioned, all the geeky stuff that we love. So head over to cufflinks.com, use code DVR20, save 20% off today. Thank you, Cufflinks. Cufflinks.com. Welcome to Daily DVR's coverage of American Crime Story Impeachment, baby. My name is Axel. With me here is Gina. Hello, Gina. Hey, Axel. How's it going? It's going great. We're here today to talk a little Lewinsky, a little Clinton. We got a lot to talk about. It's going to be fun. We're going to take some trips down memory lane. But first, I do want to tell you that you can check us out at dvrpodcast.com. You can email us at dvrpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also give us a like Give us a follow on Twitter. Come join our Facebook page, the Daily DVR Facebook page. I'll put a link in the show notes. We do want to thank everyone for listening, downloading, subscribing. We're going to be with you for all 10 episodes of this great Ryan Murphy produced television show airing on Fox. Not on Hulu, though. They're, FX, actually. Yeah. Right? Oh, oh, F, F, I'm sorry. F, F, that's right. FX, but not on Hulu. They're not for there. There's a weird deal that oh, they made with Ryan. Cool. Yeah. With Ryan Murphy, because he's now works for net. He has an overall deal with Netflix that he would produce these for FX. But instead of airing the next day on Hulu, they wait like three months, I think, after it's over and then the whole thing drops on netflix so yeah so if you're watching if you're listening to us while it's airing you might be watching on hulu but if you're listening to us later on in life you're probably watching this on netflix but we're going to be doing this the wednesday after so if you do have any uh thoughts please send them in we'd love to hear from you we love to hear from everyone out there all the listeners and uh, email us or hit us up on the Facebook group and we can talk about what your impressions are. So far, I have one comment that comes from our friend Mike and he said, there's a lot of nose prosthetics in this show. For sure are. So that's, let's start out. Gina, what did you think of the first episode? We got one episode called Exiles. What did you think of it? I mean, I think it's off to a good start. The thing about this show is we all know what happens, basically. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it's an interesting refresher and kind of interesting to hear a couple things I didn't necessarily know or hear before. And then kind of just take this trip down memory lane and and really get to know who some of these people are through these characters. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Ryan Murphy and I, and he is hit or miss though. We have to be honest, you know? Yes. I mean, I think the American horror story thing is every other season, like only the odd number seasons are good. Um, I don't know if I agree with all of that, but sometimes he commits not, he always commits and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. In this case, there were a few kind of, um, you know, uh, iffy reviews that were coming out for this. And 
I just don't agree with any of the iffy ones. I agree with there were some really effusive ones that came out that love this. And I have to say, I was a little nervous. I was like, damn, Gina and I already committed to podcasting this thing. <laughs> I hope it doesn't suck. And, well, you know, yeah. it didn't suck. I thought this episode <laughs> was awesome because you're right. We know everything. And I think it was cool the way they concentrated kind of on the empty spaces, right? Filling in the gaps of uh, the more intimate little details of the characters that are involved rather than trying to overwhelm us with historical events. Uh, and I think they did the same thing with OJ and it worked out great. Mm -hmm. So I love yeah. it. And the prosthetics, I think they look, I mean, I think they look amazing. Oh, I do too. I mean, the actress playing Paula Jones, her nose is perfect. Oh, like yeah. whatever yep. prosthetic nose she's wearing, it yeah. is a perfect Paula Jones oh, nose. My God. And the teeth too. I mean, Sarah Paulson, what a transformation. Oh, my, my wife said that she did gain <laughs> like 50 pounds. Did to, she? To I thought she, I thought she wore a fat suit and well, that she said she would never do it again, but I mean, okay. she's very thin. So if she had to gain 50 pounds and wear a fat suit, well, she said she wouldn't do it again because of kind of the stigma with it. Oh, okay. And, but, um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah so. I don't know. Well, Hey, they say print the legend, right? So we're going with the legend. She gained 50 pounds. This is just like a De Niro performance for Sarah Paulson. <laughs> Muriel's it, wedding as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, this episode is really all about Linda Tripp. And yes, it is. I think that centering the narrative, we know that this is based on the Tubin book. Um, what was it called again? A, a, a Vast Conspiracy. And also that Monica Lewinsky herself is an executive producer yes, she is. on the show. Yeah. So yeah. there's obviously going to be a lot. It, you know, it it's going to call from many sources. I think that some of these things are going to be played up for dramatic purposes. It's a television show. Some of them we're going to find out aspects of the truth that we didn't know previously. But overall, I think they're trying to entertain us. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. tell us a great story. And well, go, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, and I, I do think kind of focusing on Linda Tripp from the very beginning, yeah. and she's the ultimate villain here already, you know, from when Monica says, make her stay and watch. I want that treacherous bitch to see what <laughs> she's done to me. I was like, damn. That was awesome. <laughs> that was, it, was, it was awesome. You know why I really like that too is because when they start off right when they start off right away with Monica Lewinsky you get the feeling she is scared overwhelmed she keeps on looking around the room and there's men everywhere in suits right mm -hmm. like powerful FBI mm -hmm. dudes or whatever They're, even following her in that mall yeah. at, at first yeah very intimidating and they and Ryan Murphy always does an amazing job of identifying writing and directing women and knowing and adding a little bit of an extra there's that extraness in there because even if that wasn't um monica Lewinsky that was in that room if it you know if it was like say it was i don't know tom cruise or something it would still be intimidating because there's a lot of dudes with suits looking at you and that are you know what i mean but they, mm -hmm. the way he shoots it, the angles he uses really emphasize her height too, right? Like the difference mm -hmm. in heights. But then, it, but then at the end, she says that. And it tells you, this is not a story of a, a young woman who was just totally overwhelmed, had no idea what was happening. Like, she was still, she was smart, right? She was yeah. capable but you, but it becomes overwhelming. That's what I, I, I was going to yeah. get to. Like, she, I would, you yeah. know, I like that. I, I like that that they show that she is, is like she has an edge to her. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I like and, that. and I would say yes and no. And I think you know we almost kind of start in the middle of this story with that whole 
mall march, you know, with the Secret Service people or whoever they are, FBI agents. And I'm thinking it's almost that whole walk because I think Monica Lewinsky is a really smart woman. And I think during that walk, she figures out Linda Tripp's betrayed her. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, she's she's putting the pieces together just as she walks from that table thinking she's meeting with a friend, realizing that she's fallen into a a pit of snakes and is processing the whole thing. And, and she knows, you know, I think she realizes on that walk, she's like, this woman has been setting me up from day one and yeah, let's make her stay and watch. Yeah. I I really, (laughs) I like that because I think that that's one of the things I'm interested in this, right? Is how are they going to portray Lewinsky? How are they going to portray Tripp and, and Mm -hmm. Clinton and Hillary? Are they going, are they going to overemphasize certain aspects of them? Is it going to be comical? Is it going to be, you know, villainous? And I just think it added that that's kind of when I felt like, all right, I love Ryan Murphy because I really love this dude. I mean, he's made so many great shows and he is in many ways responsible for a lot of like bringing up television to a different level. Um, a lot of times with the writing and the chances yeah. that he took, even with, um, gosh, what was the name? Nip Tuck, which mm-hmm. was kind of his first big hit. Yeah. I love that show. And it was just yeah. the way he, like I said, the way he deals with sexuality, with gender relations, he just had, he just fucking takes a chance all the time and he goes for it. And I really enjoyed the fact that they were playing it like that and then she has that line and it sets us up and it's 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 interesting because we don't really even see her again until like the end of the episode mm-hmm. yeah when when she meets linda trip and you see there that like just like you said that what you said didn't occur to me until after that when she met her she was more naive right yeah. she was yeah. trusting her and mm-hmm. but she kind she grew with this situation, you know. Um, yeah. And what a situation to be in. I mean, when you think mm-hmm. about it, it's just absolutely mind boggling. You're 23 years old, having an affair with the most powerful man in the world, and they just sent you to the Pentagon for a little while, basically probably to clear his head so he could run for reelection, <laughs> right? Well, like- yeah. I mean, you wouldn't <laughs> want the fact that he is, you know getting BJ's from an intern coming out when you're running against Bob Dole, you know, or um, you wouldn't want that coming out during the election, um, which is probably why they had to get her out of there. And Um, and just also so he could, you could see like his handlers, like so he could kind of keep focused. mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, hey, Bill, we need you to keep focused. Because one thing that did surprise me, I have to say, is how open it seemed to be that almost it's like everyone she interacted with was like, Oh yeah, Bill fools around with this or he did that or you know what I mean? Like they, there is no question in this show that Bill Clinton got around and cheated on his wife and was with many women like there that's not one of the questions we're trying to decipher here no (laughs) (laughs) i think we knew that even before monica Lewinsky entered the picture and honestly it's, it's amazing he made it through the first four years of his presidency without something like this coming out because he just is such a hands-on <laughs> type of yeah. guy, I guess. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, he's a dog. Sorry, yeah. he's a dog. It, it's, it's, it, and, and that was something that I wasn't sure of either, right? Would mm. they, because they could handle it in so many different ways. And, and yeah. the way that they have these scenes is they're basically, it's like they're at lunch at high school talking about the quarterback, you know, yeah. it's just, they're not like, Hey, you know, it's like when you hear about the Kennedy stuff, when they were like, we don't talk about it. You know what I mean? Like it just happens, but we don't mention it. Yeah. It was like, like when this, her, when uh, her little friend comes in is like, do you have lipstick? <laughs> She's like, I asked him for a job and he kissed me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa. 
Yeah, I know. Bill, like I was saying, I was talking with my wife and I was, I was trying to, there's just the, the audacity that this dude had and probably still has, you know, uh, is on a level that, and these people operate in general on a level that I just can't comprehend, you know, like the type uh-huh. of people who like sleep an hour a day and work 23 hours and like yeah. can like take an airplane to San Francisco and then get on another airplane and go to New York and then have a late dinner in Chicago or something. Right. Right. Like yeah. I would be exhausted just going to one airport, just looking at it. <laughs> yeah. Like it's a different level of, uh, I don't know. It's just like carnivorous or something, right? Like just eating well, life. And it, that obviously with him extended to his sexuality and women And I wanted to bring that up because one of the things that I was surprised about is I didn't know the detail, all the details of the Paula Jones um, situation. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I and more will come out, of course. Right. Right. Like she's hiding stuff, I think. Like that scene where the lawyer says, if anything else is going to come out and she's like crying and she knows. But. I I was under the impression, and maybe this is going to come out later, I thought she had a longer-term affair with Bill Clinton. Um, you might be thinking of Jennifer Flowers, who was the, I want to say, ah, the the bl- She had blonde hair, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and she it was came out high. during the first, the first ah, election. Okay. Yeah. There were so many. I did kind of... I, I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but so here's the thing that surprised me, because we all know Bill has had many, many conquests and many rumors. But what I hadn't realized, and, and I'll also tell a story after this, is the whole Vince Foster thing. Because for years I've heard Hillary killed Vince Foster, right? Like all the yeah. Hillary haters, you know, he's one of the people that that the Clintons killed and oh, well, yeah, maybe they're, they're killed. Maybe they, maybe they didn't actually, you know, shoot the gun, but it, it seems like he was, you know, I did a little reading on him and that ever, you know, he landed in Washington. He was a childhood friend of Bill's yep. and, and it just sounded like he was depressed from day one. However, the whole thing that he and Hillary were having an affair. Mm-hmm. I don't ever remember hearing that before. Really? See, I remember that vividly. I okay. definitely remember. And this was something because this will now go into a little history of most of my knowledge. Uh, I shouldn't say most, but my memory, my experience that I remember is I was working at, um, I think it was Daytech Online in Edison, New Jersey. And then at another point, I think I worked somewhere else too. And I would listen to Rush Limbaugh during my lunch hour. And sometimes at work, I would sneak a little old-fashioned radio in and have to tune it. And um, <laughs> they didn't have the internet like back they do the back then. Yeah. And they, the, the conservative, and I say that because the conservative media mentioned that every three seconds. Oh, really? <laughs> like Rush Limbaugh used to have like a sound gag of like a woman going like, huh, when he would mention Vince Foster and do you know what I mean? Like I remember, and it was because that was the whole thing of back in that day, they're swingers and he can do whatever he wants and she can do whatever she wants. Okay. I've got a story. All right. Let's hear it. When this was going on, you know, of course, you talked about this everywhere, and we talked about it at work. And and there was a woman I worked with who supposedly had a friend that worked in Washington and knew the Clintons. And she said, well, they have an arrangement. Yeah. I... And so I believe it's, it's, it's more than just like, a, you know, a, the conservatives wanting to be like, oh, they're big time swingers. And, you know, I think that's a way of putting it. But I also Mm -hmm. think, well, look at every European 
couple and politician, they all have their side pieces, the men and the women both. And you just, the rule is you don't mention your side piece to your spouse, but you know, they have one. (laughs) Yeah. And I, and I can remember it is, it's, it's the whole, um, and this show is going to be a lot about framing things, right? Are you a swinger? Because to me, that sounds great. Okay, fine. You know, it's your life. I'm a liberal guy. That's what you want. Hey, have fun. You're a swinger. But I think to general America, that sounds dirty, right? Like you're irresponsible for your children. How could you be a parent if you're out doing this every night or whatever? So I think you're right. They categorize as a swinger. Me sitting there at, 20 something years old is listening to it going good for them. Like, (laughs) like Hillary sounds pretty cool. You know, Bill, like if that's the arrangement that they have, that's their life. And like I'm saying, it's a different breed of people. That's really kind of how I think. I mean, like how are the Rolling Stones still playing concerts at 80 years old? (laughs) <laughs> That's just not normal, right? Like, yeah. I just think that there are some people in this world who have an engine that just never shuts down. They're like sharks, you know? And I yeah. think I always, in my mind, see, I kind of write off all politicians and, and famous people as people like this. Not all, but most super famous people like a Tom Cruise or whatever. Because it's just operating at like a, on the higher Thetan level. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just, I, I can't really comprehend. So I, I knew about the Vince Foster thing. Um, I think the way they portrayed him and the actor who they cast was great. You just had to look really depressed because I, I think know. that that is the general feeling about Vince Foster. And, I think that you have kind of three versions. The Clintons used him. Hillary was having an affair with him. Bill wanted to get rid of him. Plus, they had um, the issues with uh, it Gate. Whitewater. White, um, Whitewater Gate. <laughs> I had to add <laughs> Gate to it. Um, so they killed him or something, right? The, the, the other is... He was already had a history of depression. And this is, mm-hmm. and, and, and if you read, because I remember reading about the guy because I was interested in that. And, yeah. you know, he took, he was overwhelmed by what was happening. Oh, yeah. Whether yeah. or not he you're... was guilty or not is also another question, you know? Yeah. I guess the third well, way is the truth, which is, yeah. we'll never really know. And if you're not one of those, you know, kind of life eater type people that yes. you were talking about, yep. which it doesn't seem like Vince Foster exactly. was then you're not going to thrive in a place like DC where it's very calculated and dirty and, you know, it's all about doing deals. Yeah. You know, it's like he probably wouldn't do well in New York city either. Um, no. And you saw it was like, I think that they were, there was a nod to that, not only by his depressive state, but by the way, he was so upset just by like a little editorial. Who is Vince mm-hmm. Foster? Yeah. And that's yeah. something that like Bill or Hillary would read and like wipe their ass with it. Yeah. And laugh. Like you're right. Like they just, he was not a shark. Yeah. But when you're someone who's spent their whole life in Little Rock, Arkansas, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's culture shock. Totally. <laughs> it's culture shock. And then you're in the public eye and everyone gangs up on you and writes shit about you yeah. and... You know, that can ruin a person really, really quickly. That can really beat you down. I mean, look at what social media does to people today and to teenagers today. I mean, people commit suicide over stuff that they're, you know, their friends, like air quotes. Yeah. People say on the social media. So it's, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of like this guy was, you know, kind of thrown into the sharks, you know ocean and he was yeah i agree and i I think that um i like that they showed us vince foster we got a little bit of him we got a little bit of hillary in the bathroom yes (laughs) right 
but we're not in their world yet, you know? Right. So they're, they're talking about these things as room. Some are rumors. Is Hillary, we did Hillary for others. They talk about as fact, Hey, Bill Clinton kissed me. Mm-hmm. And I think that they handled it the right way. And for me, what it, what I think about is when you're writing a TV show and you got 10 episodes and it's about this about this impeachment, which is really about Monica Lewinsky and what the country did to her, the media, what happened, yeah. right? What it says about mm-hmm. us to start with a person who was in a very similar position as her, right? Vince yeah. Foster, in a sense, his story is a, um, uh, oh, man, I'm losing that word. <laughs> I've been up too late with the kid. Um, it, it's a it, it, it's a hint of what's to come. Yeah, right. Of the, of in terms of how yes people were destroyed by this administration. Exactly. Personally destroyed. And exactly what you said, Gina, which is the the fish tank of Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. Shark tank. The shark tank, baby. <laughs> Worse than the show. Yes. Worse than the show. The shark um, tank. Um, it just, it eats you up and it's, it's a bubble and everything's being thrown around. And for some people, it could be a, a, a funny thing you say at lunch. Oh, but you're really talking about a person that you could be, you could be spreading information that destroys their life. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that that was, that, that was really well done to start with Vince Foster and then kind of lead us up to what's going to happen uh, with Monica Lewinsky. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. I can, I'm still still thinking of that word. Oh, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. There yeah. we go. That's that's my SAT yeah. word. Um, let's talk a little bit more about Linda Tripp. Um, oh, Linda I mean, Tripp. the the makeup is amazing. The performance. Sarah Paulson is like she's a she's incredible. Yeah. She is incredible, but I know we were texting a little bit last night and I'm like, for some reason in my head, I've like, I just pictured Judith Light playing Linda Tripp. Like I could see her playing it too. Definitely. It's almost like they kind of had a little chat and flipped a coin and said, okay, which one of you is going to play Linda? Maybe Judith Light's a little too old to play her at this point, but. Um, yeah, I was thinking that also Sarah Paulson is kind of Ryan Murphy's muse. Yeah, you know? but he, yeah, but he he uses Judas Light a lot, at least in a couple of other shows, yeah. like uh, the what it, the election. No, she's popped up in one. American. I think in American Horror Story, Horror she Story. popped. Yeah, she was in OJ. What's the oh the politician? The that's politician, the, yes, that's the one he does. On Netflix, yeah, she's, she's in the thruple. God, I love it. Um, um. Yeah, but I could see her playing Linda Tripp, too. So it's going to be interesting just to see which role she does. I know that, you know, she's got a role in this, but it's going to be interesting to see, like, how she plays that role. Because in my mind, for some reason, I just think of her as Linda Tripp. And I'm sure it's because I remember her from Who's the Boss? And she was always, like, in a suit wearing big shoulder pads and had, like, the same basic hair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Because it's an 80s throwback. Like. Who's the boss? I love that show. And man, did I love her. I think that that was, gosh, when I think about it, I should tell my wife. I think that might have been like my early like power woman fixation. Oh. Of like after after <laughs> Wonder Woman, my favorite ever, Linda Carter. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, Ju- I mean, she's an amazing actress. And oh, she's yeah. so, she uh, I, it's so great that she's had an opportunity. That's, there's so many more roles now, even in yeah. just the past couple of years. Um, she was great. She was on, um, transparent remember on Amazon. Oh, you know, I've never watched that. Show. Oh, that was great Actually. for the first couple seasons. I thought that was great. I, I kind of, it kind of, I kind of fell out on it cause I think it was one of those shows that just kind of, they wanted it to just keep on going mm-hmm. and it really didn't need to. It was more of like a one or two season, but she was great in that too. And she's been able to show. And a show like this too, it, it it allows people to stretch out. Yeah. Um, but Paulson is fantastic, and I love all the details in this. the The fixation on weight, 
the yes. Weight Watchers. And the Slim Fast. This, yeah. God, <laughs> I love that stuff because that is such great character stuff. And at the same time, it is very American. And at and another, it also sets us in a time period as well. It accomplishes so much with her just mm-hmm. making a shake like that, you know? Yeah. That it's just brilliant. I, I thought it was great. And then the way I, there's a lot of little fo- there's a lot of weird food stuff surrounding her. How there's yeah. this like nasty tray left in her cubicle when she gets to the def- uh, Department of Defense. Oh, it's her. Yeah. Her her uh, cube mate yeah. uh, lunch tray or something that's shoved over there. Yeah. And yeah. then she's and then she's eating the things too loud. And then yeah. there's like five or six. Fo- there's like a lot of food references here. Well, and I think, you know, and I think that's a bonding thing, too, between her and Monica Lewinsky as well, you know, being a slightly chubbier girl. And, um, you know, she talks about the Weight Watchers dinner. She's picking certain things off her sandwich. You know, they both sit down to that, you know, they're like lean cuisine or or whatever at dinner that night. And yeah, I can remember um, that. I can remember my old friend, Brian Sedlak, his mom, my Aunt Marie, RIP, she was the greatest. She was always worried about her weight and she was always trying to find like, like the when they said to each other, oh, have you tried the Weight Watch? You know, you can do this, right? Like they kind of got into it. That's how her and my mom would be sometimes. And I can remember being a little boy trying to be nice and trying to being like, I don't think you guys need Weight Watchers. <laughs> like, I remember saying to Aunt Marie, like, you're fine the way you are, Aunt Marie. You know, and she'd be Aww. like, you're so sweet, Billy. And I'd be like, can I have one of those cookies? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted one of those Weight Watchers cookies. But that was totally a thing, you know? Yeah. It was totally yeah. a thing. It was great. And um, as you had in your brilliant notes, thank you very much. The little comment she makes, oh, my God, I can't believe Hillary used the staff restroom. Okay. The bushes wouldn't do that, you know? It just starts off with her being, you can tell right from the beginning, she's a bitter person. Even that kind of snarky look she gives Hillary Clinton in the ladies' room. And and she's like, God, what was she doing in there? And the woman's like, "Um, probably what everyone else does in there, (laughs) you know, peeing. Yeah, yeah. It was, and just the way she, she definitely has that attitude that I remember where a lot of people thought that Bush Sr. was such, you know, he was old school CIA, been in administrations Mm -hmm. forever, right? A total Washington insider, Everybody knew him from both sides of the aisle, and he was also a, a stern dude, you know. Yeah. And very it, things, um, the things that did not matter at all to Trumpino mattered a lot to George, not W, to the original George, right? Like yeah. everything, yeah. the formality of the presidency, and mm-hmm. the fact that she says that over and over, and you hear someone else say like till these people came in here you know the attitude that the clintons were these upstart hippie you know (laughs) sex drugs whatever you know yeah weren't from old money and you know um they weren't that way but it was like portrayed yeah they were like it was, it, you know what I mean? It was like the Rolling Stones entered the White House or something, you know, mm-hmm. with George Stephanopoulos and all his hair. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I think it's, oh, it just, yeah. it's, it brings me back because it's like, it's hard. Well, you, you forget yeah. all the weird ways that Republicans have come up with and Democrat that people just come up with to pigeonhole other people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to the point she resents that they have pizza parties and casual Fridays in the <laughs> yeah. White House. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, lady. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean. Oh, it was very so- upstairs, downstairs to me, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Like yeah. They were the the new, the new, they're, they're, you know, the Queen's kids aren't like that. It just, it was very, it was interesting. Um, yeah. Because. 
Like I think about this show is called American Crime Story. And when I read interviews with Ryan Murphy and the, and people who are involved with this show and the OJ show and also um, the uh, the second one with um, uh, oh the designer in Miami. Oh, um, Gianni Versace. Right. Oh, that Versace. One was, that's the best one so far, in my opinion. I mean, maybe this will blow me away, but that one blew me away. It was just so. I think a lot of it was fictionalized because most of those people are dead, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but I just thought that was a riveting watch. And they concentrated so much on Q. What was his name? Q. Cunanan. Coon- I don't want to say Cunanan. Yeah. Cunanan, <laughs> right? Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, they re- yeah. And I remember reading too that they did have to dramatize, invent mm-hmm. a lot of that. Um, yeah. But, you know, gosh. Overall, what was I talking about? Why was I mentioning that? Um, We were talking about kind of uh, that you're, this is actually, it's called American Crime. Oh, yes. That's what I was going to say is the OJ one and that one and this one is also a story about not just Bill Clinton and Mike Winsky, but America, right? Like, I think that that's what I like about this. And this episode. The, these pop culture references, the way the way she saw the Clinton, it, it, they're doing a great job of bringing me back to how America was, and even the words and phrases that people used back then to yeah. describe other people. And I think that they it, it really just really sucked me in. And Trip, you're right with the bitterness. It's so strange to me, too, that I thought at first the way she was talking about Vince Foster to ever. Oh, I know Vince. He's a he's a good man. He, Mm -hmm. you know, he's a father. I thought maybe she had a crush on him. But then it's like, (laughs) what's that? She could have. Yeah, she could have. But then you see the way it's only like a couple weeks later or so when she's talking to Monica Lewinsky or she's talking to other people and she's talking, well, Vince. And it's like the power and of, of his office uh, was shown to be more important than he was to her. Do you, yeah. Am I explaining I think, that correctly? Yes. I think it's, you know, she... She cared when he was the- there, but then when he was dead, she was like, his, the, the power is all that matters now. Right. Yeah. And I think that was, you know, very true, you know, and who was she telling that she used, you know, she was saying at one point, well, I used to sit right outside the Oval Office for Bush administration, (laughs) you know, and was crazy. Yeah. And I mean, she's just, you could tell, you know, and she's like, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a lifelong civil service veteran. And I'm just thinking, yeah, but you're not doing this to serve your country at yeah. this point. You're, you need a power grab. Yep. You want the power. You want the position. You want the connections. It becomes something like maybe she started off with her heart in the right place. But she's just all about, you know, you know, kind of grabbing, you know, being well positioned against people mm-hmm. in power. And and it's kind of funny when she's, you know, they're sending her to a job at the Pentagon with the Department of Defense and Public Affairs with a $20,000 raise. I'm like, lady, take it and run a $20,000 raise in a government position in Washington. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like that was at that time she took that raise because Monica Lewinsky and I are the same age. In fact, I did a little research and she's two weeks older than me, probably born in the wow. same hospital as I was because she was born in San Francisco. But, um, you know, $20,000 was like my salary out of college. Yeah. Like she was getting a whole my salary raise to go work at the Pentagon. I would have been like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. I'll, I'll forget it. And that but, show, that oh. really shows it, doesn't it? That's where yeah. I was like, okay, this is about power for her. Because oh, yeah. You, you, I thought it was, I, I just really liked the way that they showed those little home, like she kept on coming home and she talks about the kid, but you don't see the kid. She seems oh, to be yeah. alone, so alone that when, yeah. when, 
because I don't I don't know about Linda Tripp, you know. I just knew I knew what her role was in this. But to kind of as the as the hour and twenty five minutes or so progresses in this long episode, I I I was kind of vacillating back and forth. Is she afraid of like losing her her house and her like she doesn't seem to have a husband? I don't know what's going. Is she like is she worried about that? What is she really worried about? Then when she turns down that job and acts like that, that really kind of solidified to me. Oh, I understand. She really is in love with the power. And then the, and then mm-hmm. the meeting with the incoming, um, uh, what, what is he? Not special counsel. Oh, he is special counsel, right? Cause she was, or more- he was, well, Ken Starr is going to be the special counsel. I think uh, she was just like a, uh, I think it was just like the, the general counsel to oh, the, that's what is general counsel. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. General counsel to the, and the way that she was so much more interested in communicating to him. I'm powerful. I've been around powerful mm-hmm. people. Then she was, I'm going to do a good job. I'm going to, I'm going to be there for you. We have the same interests. We have the same goals. No, it was all about like, here's how I can help you. Like she really thought right. she was a wheeler and dealer. She, yeah, she thinks she is the cat's meow yeah. for sure. And she was like totally um, discounting that other woman he was with too. Like she only yeah. cared about the man. Um, you know, she's clearly not a, you know, she even like kind of shat on her friend when her friend ended up getting like the entry level job she in that office. Did. Yeah. And, you know, and when she like goes up to the HR lady and is like, I always knew you were as sharp as a marble, you know, oh and God, the woman's amazing. like, Linda, listen, we tried to keep you. We asked all around the White House. No one wants you here. And it's just like, boom. You know, I was like, she's just so unlikable. And maybe that's why she's always alone at home, too. Like, maybe she drove her husband away and maybe her kids don't want to be around her. And, you know, she just seems like a miserable person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that old, uh, my man, Elliot Smith, if you're alone, it's cause you wanted it that way. Right. Like uh, th- this is, <laughs> I think that in the end, you know, she misery loves company and then she finds the company in Monica Lewinsky, but it's with an angle. And I think uh-huh. that the way they let us into that bit by bit where, okay, there's rumors about Vince Foster. That's her boss. Then, oh, possibly a book deal. But then she doesn't want to do the book deal, right? Because she thinks mm-hmm. she wants, she's more attracted to the power she could get from this, uh, perhaps a new opportunity she sees, right? Um, but then she kind of picks up on, oh, wait, Clinton kissed her friend. Oh, this. And then you can just see her see mm-hmm. like the get excited on her f- even through all that makeup <laughs> when she, the little hints that monica is giving her about who she might oh it's someone powerful oh and then you can see it the the gears turning right mo, mo, mm-hmm. a lot in the same way that the gears turned when Lewinsky's being marched uh mm-hmm. by the fbi guys in the beginning and she's kind of hooked her, you know, yeah, and become friends with her. And she even notices that she's has a countdown in her calendar. Yeah, she put together the pieces yeah. really uh-huh. quickly. And even though Monica tried to kind of be super subtle and it's like, it's a little time for us to be getting back. Yeah. It was like, oh, girl. And then when they are coming back from that lunch together, um, Linda Tripp is gossiping about everyone else in the office mm-hmm. to Lewinsky. And I'm thinking, oh, girl, if you aren't waking up to what's happening right now, yes. you know, it was just like she she just fell into it. And the sad thing is, is, you know, she mentioned all her intern class had moved away and she was, you know, she didn't really have any friends in the Only. city anymore. And here's this woman taking her under her wing. And when you're 23 and, you know have only been working for a couple of years and you find yourself in a new city. It's like, 
yeah, you're, you know, and this older woman takes an interest in you, you're going to be like, oh, it's like a mom figure or an aunt figure. Yeah. And you want to trust that person and feel kind of like you have a safety point. Um, totally, totally. Yeah. And I think also when you're that age, you can both think that, hey, this lady is not really, she seems kind of aggressive and mean, but I don't really have any other friends, you know, so I'm going to kind of trust her. I think it's totally, that's why I'm interested to see how they develop. She's a real person, but the character in this show of Monica Lewinsky, because I want it, I'm, I'm interested to see how much she picked up on what was going on as it was going on, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. I haven't read her book, and I, it, that's what's interesting to me because I can remember myself being involved in having being uh, making movies or writing or getting involved with art projects with people and thinking like this person is a little and when I was younger, you know, and just I wasn't as attuned to the red flags. Mm-hmm. And yeah, one thing I do have to say about Linda Tripp. And I'm not coming to her defense at all, but she is a powerhouse, right? Like, you can't deny that the woman fucking takes no prisoners. And if this, if this, this character that we're seeing on TV, if she could be, if she was happier, if she was more fulfilled, if she was in some way more balanced, she could have done a lot of good, right? Or she could have been a power broker. Cause she seems really fucking smart too. She yeah. knows how to work it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think at this point <clears throat> she was just very desperate too. And I yeah. think when you have a certain combination of things, desperation, intelligence, hunger for power, um, especially if you've had it before, um, you know, it could be really dangerous. And I think at your, you know, the desperation outweighs like any, thinking of people (laughs) other than yourself, you know, it becomes a very self-centered exercise, which I think is what we're going to see here. All right. Um, All right. You want to jump back in and talk about Paula Jones? Yes. Let's talk about Paula Jones. All right. Um, So I love this Paula Jones. Like, I think she's so cute and sweet. Like I never really like, I don't know, just, like she's just a country bumpkin she's like sweet and naive she has the hair i had in high school so <laughs> I, I i'm just like very um i'm just like i don't know i'm just like oh Paula jones she just seems so like you know and and that's something about this show too and what happened actually is so bill clinton kind of uses these women or harasses them or enters into relationships with them, which he, you know, I read Monica's book a long time ago, but the one thing I took away from it was they actually had a relationship. Um, and I was very convinced of that. But the other thing about this show is we already, we always see, already see Ann Coulter, like coming in to like, we need a woman that we can like position against Bill Clinton that he's done something to and so they use Paula Jones for that. They're going to use Monica yeah. Lewinsky for that. And so these women are just getting used, 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 used by the political system and the politicians in them and the media in them. Um, and they are trying to use it, too. Not all. Um, and I think that that's something that is going to maybe make a distinction between Lewinsky and Paula Jones. Mm-hmm. Because there's definitely both her i mean from this episode it appears that she feels like she is owed an apology i'm still like you said there's going to be more things that are going to come out you know mm-hmm. um yeah but it does seem like she she it's hard to know the relationship she had with Steve Jones, who's played by Taryn Killam, fantastically. Mm-hmm. I love that dude. Yeah. I yeah. think. And do you know that he used to be married to Kobe Smolders? 
No. Yeah, and now they're in this show together. Awkward. That's what I wanted to look that up. Like, did they get back together or something? My wife and I uh, were talking about that. And, but I don't think they did. I think that they, I think they are broken up. Mm. Oh, wait, no, wait, they're still married. Oh, okay. Okay, they're still married. I, I think that they may have, <laughs> they may have separated hash. for a little, but as of March, I'm seeing an ar- article saying that they were still married. Okay. Okay, that's good. So well, they're still and married. honestly, the plan, we first heard about them doing this show like two years ago, and then it basically got delayed by a year because of COVID. Yeah. So... Oh, that's and true. And the election. And a lot the could election. have happened in that yeah. time. Yeah. That's yeah. right. You're right. You know, we didn't mention that because, Gina, originally we were talking about, hey, is this... And, and and remember, I think there were interviews with Ryan Murphy where people were, and I think it was on FX's part, to try to get a little bit more play there. Um, is this going to interfere with the election in the same way that yeah. like Fahrenheit 9-11 supposedly did, which it really didn't, or, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it obviously, it got postponed a yeah. year, but I think it still falls at, I mean, I don't know whether, I, it would have had, they probably would have had more people watching and talking about it, but I still think it, it it's still relevant um, oh, yeah. To our yeah. time period, things that are going on. You know what I mean? So it didn't have to air during an election. But yeah, um, yeah the Paula Jones thing, it just, you're right. The, the, the women are being used. We're seeing the, the hotel meeting with Ann Coulter and mm-hmm. who we were trying to figure out the other two guys. I think one of them is supposed to be Matt Drudge. Um, we weren't sure. Maybe the other guy's a lawyer or something, but everything's a con, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is a game, and the real people who are involved that are a part of it play willingly, but they don't seem to care when they suck in people who don't really understand the game. Right. And I think it's interesting. I didn't know about the angle of, I had no idea. This shocked me that. Steve Jones played Elvis in Jim Jarmusch's Midnight Train. <laughs> what was it? Midnight Train? I can't remember which uh, mystery uh, train. Yeah, I think so. Mystery Train. <laughs> Jim Jarmusch. Okay? Like, <laughs> what? Like the most artsy New York director guy. And then this guy played... It just... It's so weird, and he's like, "I want, I want a role because the what were they? Bloodworth, Blood, Bledsoe Thompson, right? Linda and her husband. They were the producers that they're making reference to, mm-hmm. who ran Designing yeah. Women. Um, I want a role on there. I could be a love interest. <laughs> well, and you know, and yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's yeah, that was super funny that that was kind of what they wanted out of it. Um, I mean, because I think even that's really naive in a a way. And then, and then they take her to the CPAC conference, Uh, which it's good to know that's always been like a crazy conservative shit show to bring up poor Paula, Paula Jones, who doesn't even know what fellatio is. I mean, and and the press conference was hilarious too. Can you say what happened in the room? And then she keeps on looking back and it's, and, and that, so unfair to like put her in that situation but the the yeah. the lawyer himself kind of admitted he was overwhelmed you know yeah so well because and he erroneously said we're not going to give you the blow by blow yeah oh, <laughs> it's God. just like but on bulk that was hilarious <laughs> i wonder if that really if he really said that i wouldn't be surprised if it, what a freudian slip that was i mean eek. um but i agree that paula jones does seem sweet and naive and and the arkansas to dc thing that they're setting up too is yeah. interesting because you know who else is from Arkansas? Bill and Hillary Clinton. <laughs> so it's like, it's it's interesting the way they play it out. And that's what I think this show 
goes back and forth and you have to kind of decide at what point does a person stop being that country bumpkin and start playing the game and or, or start yeah. having their own agency in it, you know? Yeah. Because there was a time when Bill Clinton and Hillary were bumpkin. You know what I mean? They had well, to learn the game. Mm, I don't think so. So I have a theory. Okay kind of about this. And while Bill Clinton did grow up in Arkansas, I think Hillary grew up outside of Chicago somewhere. Oh, that's but, true. Um, I should say Bill, not Hillary. But, she... you know, he, he met the, he met president Kennedy when he was, I don't know, 13 or went to Boyce state or something, you know, he met him young. I think he had aspirations all along. He meets this girl in at, at Yale law school I think that's where they met. And then, um, you know, they hit it off. And, you know, I mean, Hillary didn't have to go to Arkansas, but I think she saw that almost as an opportunity. Like, we are Yale Law graduates, and we know more yeah. than 98% of the people in that state. Yes, we're going to go there and set up your political career. Are you kidding me? Like, you know, he's she could see he's charming and charismatic and you know, can win people over if he won her over. So I think they, I think Arkansas was just the pit stop on their way to DC. I think that was always going to be their plan, but yes, another kind of country bumpkin. <laughs> Although, you know, she, she met him when he was governor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's going to make her way to DC. Poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how did you get here? We took an airplane. Um, that was... it takes a dra- I took a dramatic <laughs> turn after I looked at the dramatic turn in the yeah, president's dramatic turn. That's a, <laughs> that was is, great. And, and, and can I, I, I want to, I want to ask this too. Now I'm not going to talk about my penis on this show. Okay. okay? But okay. I'm just going to say this. Okay. My penis neither takes a dramatic turn nor looks like a mushroom. What is up with presidents having crazy weird wieners? I, I don't know who you're referring to. Oh, remember Trump? Mushroom. Trump supposedly has a, a deformed penis mm. that is the head is supposedly like four times the size of the rest oh of God. his penis. <laughs> this is what um, a Stormy Daniel said. And, I haven't heard about that. Yeah, and Clinton has oh. this. So I'm just like a big curve. Yeah. I don't. I don't under. I wonder because I'm interested again in like the psychology of these like shark people. And <laughs> they is, all have weird. Penises. Yeah, do they all have weird penises <laughs> or something? Like, am I like oh. maybe if I if only I was born with a deformed penis, we'd be doing this on the Ringer Network now or something or like, you know. HBO would be sponsoring the podcast or something like that. You know, I mean, I guess I didn't have that. I mean, they do say like with an artist, you have to have like, you know, a bad life to be good, which I don't think is true at all. But it's just really weird to me because I think I forgot about this or I didn't know that there was some. This is like a famous thing, her drawing the picture of his penis, right? I guess so. I um, didn't really I know do, it. So I, I was like. I do vaguely remember the fact that she drew a picture of it, but I don't weird. think I remember hearing it was so curved. It takes a dramatic <laughs> turn. Very strange. Very oh, strange. Um, yeah, that Very whole hard. thing. I think they did a really expert job in this one episode with the Paula Jones stuff because it's taking us away, right? Yeah. That's the only, that's like our B story. And if they had taken, and that's what I love about Ryan Murphy, it's like American Horror Story, you know, they'll be like one episode, they'll spend a whole episode setting something up, and then in the first five minutes of the next episode, everyone dies, and something <laughs> new happens, right? Like, right. I love yeah. the way he propels plot, and I think it was so, it was just so expertly paced, just, you meet her, Okay. Oh, she's watching the TV. Oh, now her boyfriend, her husband is involved. They have a little marital dispute. She goes to the lawyer. 
We see the meeting with Coulter. She gets the big lawyers, right? She's going to sue. She's got only a couple days. And at the whole time, we're cutting back to trip in what's happening. So I think the way that they made and constructed this episode was really fantastic. And yeah. it could have been boring, right? Because like you said, we knew, we know a lot about this. We know how it ends. Um, but I think the, the, the storytelling was really high class in this one i'm gonna say yeah i'm gonna get it takes a dramatic turn (laughs) i think um i think there are some trigger points too that you know ryan murphy had to have like laid out a whole historical timeline and then you know talk to the people that are still alive and willing to talk with him monica Lewinsky being probably the primary one and you know for all we know Monica Lewinsky could have said, you know, she was really obsessed with the fact that she had worked for Vince Foster, Yep. you know, and that was her kind of downfall at the White House. Cause I'm sure Monica Lewinsky heard all about this from Linda Tripp too. Um, kind of, you know, as well, well I guess we'll find out for sure. But as yeah. they were exchanging stories, I mean, you know, you commiserate with someone, you have to kind of tell them some of your woes. And I think from the beginning, Linda Tripp's like, oh, yeah, well, I used to work at the White House, too. And, you know, we're both, you know, I think Monica used the term exiles. Um, I think, you know, really, (laughs) I don't think Linda Tripp was exiled as much as she was booted from the building Mm -hmm. because no one liked her. Um, You know, very different reasons they were sent away. But (laughs) yeah, we we shall see. We shall see. I mean, I think I'm good. You got anything else you wanted to say? No, I think... um, I think I'm good too. I think we covered it all. This was a lot of fun. And you know what we were talking about before, how we were going to cover this like scene by scene, just kind of talk about it. I think this worked out great. Yeah. Just kind of talk about what happened. I think it's about the people and then it all just kind of goes from there. Um, And we still haven't really met Bill and Hillary yet. We see one brief scene with each of them. Um, Very brief, but I can't wait to kind of get into them. I do think, the pick of Clive Owen is Bill Clinton. I'm going to have to see if that actually works for me because I think it's a little weird. <laughs> I do too. I think it's weird, but I'm going to let it go because <laughs> it it does not look, it just, I, I don't know what it is, you know, but it's, I guess he wanted to cast Clive Owen. You know what I mean? Um, you, you, yeah. you're, I don't know. And I like Clive Owen as an actor. I think it's an what? interesting choice. I'll see how it turns out. But um, as far as I do I want to give a shout out to Beanie Feldstein, I think is how oh, you pronounce her name. She's so great. Amazing. She's so cute. And, yes, and I love Book her. Smart, if you haven't seen Book Smart, go out and watch it. Okay. It is so awesome. A lot of people compare it and they say that it is the um, kind of like the female version of the what's that Michael Sarah jonah hill movie oh super bad super bad yeah okay. it's like the I'll female version of super bad but i have to say i rewatched super bad the other day i think that book smart is better than super bad uh-huh super bad's oh. funny and it had a lot of great characters in it and it's it, it, it's a lot more it seemed a lot more improvised when i watched it again which i liked in some ways in some ways i didn't but man book smart is fantastic um, okay. And she's great as my, I mean, all the actors and actresses in this show are, oh, I mean, I can't wait for Edie Falco. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, Ryan Murphy is always able to put together an awesome cast, whether you've heard of the people or not, he's got a real eye for, for talent. And, um, and I mean, just, it's, it's never a fail. Like everything he does. Oh gosh. That show Hollywood he did. Oh my God. What a cast. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Also very good. Oh, you know what? That wasn't Matt Drudge because Billy Eichner is playing Matt Drudge. And I would have recognized that <laughs> if that was Billy Eichner. Okay. In that room hmm. with her. So maybe it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. I think that's one of the things too. Hey, if you if you're listening and you picked up on anything, hit us up with an email. We'll be in the show notes. And uh yeah, I think that's all we got. This is gonna be fun. It is going to be fun. Trip down memory lane. Yeah. (laughs) A trip (laughs) 
down memory lane that takes a dramatic turn. I'm definitely, when I put this episode up on Facebook or Twitter, I'm going to say, Gina and I take a dramatic turn. That's what I'm going to say. Back into the 90s. Back into the 90s, baby. All right, everybody. Well, hey, Gina, thank you so much. This was awesome. Man, I hadn't done a podcast since early August. I took like the whole month off. It was so hot and I was just wanted to spend time with the kid and kind of concentrate on stuff. And it was an opportunity. But when uh, we cut, we just talked last week. Hey, are we still doing this? And we're like, yeah, let's do it. Now we're doing it. We are. I we love sure it. are. All right. Thanks All everyone right. for listening. And I'll let Gina take us out. I don't know what to say. Um... <laughs> I think I'm being nice, don't, but I'm really putting um... on the spot. Be careful where you put your cigars and um, invest in a great Black Beret. Yes. Oh, that's right. Hey, we were supposed to give every episode, I'm supposed to give it, rate it cigars and you rate it berets, right? Yeah. I'm going to give this five cigars. Is this a five out of five scale? Yeah. Okay. Five out of five. I'm going to give a five out of five. I'm going to start slow. I'm going to give it a, a four berets out of five. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, you can check in with our cigars and berets next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. Peace out. Bye. All right. That was awesome. <laughs>